another wild card, I'll say Gonzalez over Newman. Whoa. Because really? Gonzalez, I at least feel confident about his D. Happy New Year, everybody. It is Noah Hiles and Alex Stumpf. You're listening to another episode of the River Blast Podcast. And Alex, it's been a while, man. It's been a while. I mean, I feel like any time I get to see you, we have to record also. Either it's, okay, let's you know, record and then hang out or go eat or something, or, you yeah. know, we're doing something beforehand, and it's like, yeah, we probably should record since we're together. Yeah. So, that's how long it's been since I've seen Noah, the last time we've done this in person, which is... Was it, was it, what was our last, our last in-person one was at Permanius. Yeah, I guess so. And I that guess was, so. Oh, geez, a while ago. That was after Thanksgiving, at least. Yeah, probably early so. December. Maybe. Alright, so. Who knows? But it's been a while. Um, a lot of potential time for the Pirates to do some stuff to talk about. Not much, overall. Not much. Uh, There is some stuff we can get into. Um, But Alex, I guess we'll start off. How was your New Year? How how was your Christmas? How was your New Year? How were your holidays? Uh, They were fine. I got my brother a life-size cardboard cutout of Danny DeVito. How much did that run you? I theoretically split the cost with my sister, but she hasn't paid me back, so yeah. I'm just I'm thinking it as a lost cost of like sixty bucks. Oh, that's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. Yeah. No, I mean I could have bought him a video game or something, but you know, yeah, no, that's perfect. Danny DeVito. Yeah, he's in college too, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so that's exactly. back. That's the best time. That's to have back it. at his apartment, so mm. he's that's gonna be real fun during parties and whatnot. Oh, for sure. That's good. What uh, best Christmas gift you got? That I got. Um. I got uh, Jane Levy's new book. Okay. The Big Fellow, Babe Ruth biography. Yeah, okay. I, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm, I've still got a couple things to finish up reading up first, and I've been working hard at work on Pirate's Guide 2019, available February 1st. First of many free plugs, you're going to hear about that. <laughs> yes, you will. So I haven't had a chance to crack it open yet, but I'm going to in about a week or so. I'm excited for that. All right. You? Um, my holidays were well. Uh, they went well. Uh, they went fast. I would say, um, nice to see, you know, the friends and the family over the holiday season. Uh, my top gifts, I got an electronic toothbrush (laughs) and I'm, I mean, like I can't emphasize how nice it is, dude. Like it was something too that I knew I was getting, like my girlfriend and I, we were at Target. It was like the day after Black Friday when they still have a little bit of sales and, uh, we're just walking around and we see these like electronic toothbrushes that are like more than 50% off and they were like super expensive beforehand and I was like hey you should get me this because like she just started shopping I normally finish my holiday shopping like Black Friday is like my exclamation point like I'm normally done by then and she's like okay and then we like put it in the cart and keep walking she goes oh you're not getting me one so I had to get her one too but that one I was looking forward to it I was hoping it wouldn't disappoint and it did not I mean it's it's awesome I look forward to using it all the time. I also got a big pair of uh, winter boots. Uh, very clutch. Uh, I have very cold feet. Not like when it comes to like commitment, but in like <laughs> you're an buying all- electric toothbrush. Yes, of course you're not. Yeah, no. I mean, we're I'm in a serious relationship if we're buying each other electronic toothbrushes, right? Yeah. No, but I like my feet are just always cold. Like it's probably a medical problem. I should get looked at but i'm not going to uh so but like these columbia i got free pla- free plug for columbia uh i got these nice pair of columbia boots and they just keep my feet so warm now and it's just it's just lovely so i probably put those two up my sister got me some wireless headphones too which are pretty sweet uh but yeah those would be my those would be uh some good gifts i got i guess you're selling me on the toothbrush though i mean Dude. here i am brushing my teeth like a pilgrim and yeah <laughs> I mean, You're in the 21st dude, century. like it, it has a timer in it. So <laughs> apparently it, your mouth, it breaks your mouth up into four quadrants, like bottom, right, bottom, left, top, right, top, left. And so you're supposed to send, spend 30 seconds on each. So it'll start and then 30 seconds into like, after you're done with your bottom, right, it'll like vibrate twice. And that tells you to like, basically that's like indicating move on to the next quadrant and so and then after two minutes it vibrates like five times and like your brush is done but then you know i brush my tongue because there's a lot of bacteria on your tongue nonetheless alex these babies are as clean as can be and i'm pretty excited about it so 
I'm glad you're happy. And that's talking teeth with Noah. When did we become old? I mean, I'm a hundred percent. Dude, yeah, I mean, I'm not even upset about it. Like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what else I got. I got a lot of clothes, but the, the yeah. toothbrush and the boots. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about both of those. I use them almost every day. I'm all about practical gifts. Yeah. I am, too. I mean, yeah. if I want a movie or a game or something, I'll just buy for myself which you know my family complains about because it's like you're impossible to shop for you buy yeah. everything that you want for mm -hmm. yourself yeah any so other interesting stuff happened during the holidays uh not that much uh no nah, nothing really i guess podcasty worthy okay no funny stories or whatever i'm a pretty boring person person yeah you're right <laughs> All right, let's dive in. I had an experience with a cat, but... Yes! Yes, you did. I did. I actually have three cat stories. You know what? I hugged my cat whenever you told me to at the I've, end of the day. Uh, for those listening, I've had three encounters with cats in my life uh, that are probably... If I had top five stories to tell ever, these three cat stories would probably be in them. Not They're just separate. And I will tell them eventually one day on the podcast. Yeah. But... Uh, just a little teaser for episodes to come. Stuff to look forward to. Noah's three cat stories. Two involve death. One involves a custody battle. But they're all incredible. I only know the custody battle, but if the two... The, that's if the, that's two, the third best one. The custody wow. battle is nowhere near as funny as the other two. I cannot wait to hear these dead cat stories one day. They're, we're going to bring them out. We're going to bring them out. I don't know when. Maybe, like, every time the pirates, like, lose, like... Every time the pirates get swept or something like that, maybe we'll do that. I don't know. But the dead cat you story optimist. will come out. You might have to start killing some cats if that's what you're going to do. All right. So <laughs> what do you want to dive into first, Alex? I'll let you pick. You know what? I just came from it. Let's talk a little Steve Blast. Steve Blast. All right. So you were there. I was not. Uh, if you didn't know, Steve Blast, final year. Calling games yeah. for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Full time. He full time. He pretty much alluded that he's still gonna pop in from time to time. He's got to be an ambassador in 2020. Yeah. He didn't really talk about what ambassador meant, but you know he's gonna be in the ballpark still. He's still gonna be someone involved in the broadcast team. And that's in, in some capacity, which is nice. And you've kind of seen this, like he doesn't go on the road, and now no. now it's just like weekend home games, pretty much, and. Oh, home games. Are yeah, good. home games, but then, like, you know, he's been taking more time off and everything, so... Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he's been doing it for a while, 60-plus years. He's 60 years with 60 the organization. Years. That's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, from from pitching a complete game in this Game 7 of the 71 World Series, he's been there to see the revival of, of baseball in Pittsburgh. I mean, some of his... I've never got to see him play, obviously, but no. some of his calls, like... Um, his reaction on the McCutcheon home run against the Cardinals. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And stuff, like, calls like that, moments like that, where, like, his book is actually, like, right there, A Pirate for Life, yep. Steve Blass. Um, he is. He's a, he's a pirate for life. He's one of those guys, every franchise has one of them, where they might not have been the most talented guy to put on the team's uniform, but they embody... A lot of the history of your franchise and a lot of the spirit, and he brings a lot of wit. He's a great guy, and uh, talk about you know what he talked about in the conference. Well, he you know he said he was very uncomfortable, but because he's you know not on the other end of the interview ever mm -hmm. anymore. I mean, ever since his playing days are done. But he talked about you know stories, jokes. He told a story about how whenever he was eight years old in Little League, he unexpectedly hit a double. It was like the first time he ever got a hit. And he's standing on second base and he didn't know what to do and he accidentally peed his pants. And he got away with it because it was the pants were such a dark color gray to start with. There you go. He, he revealed that to the world. Nobody also, knew it until today. I also peed my pants when I was, I was nine in Little League. Nine? So I was not, I did not hit a double. I was rocking around the dugout throwing a ball up and down, and uh, it hit one of my coaches in the head, and he turned over, he turned around, he was like, who threw that? And I pissed my pants. And I, we were the Burgettstown A's, so, like, I had white pants, and I believe it did show up. But, yeah, I, I, I pissed myself right there. 
I was scared. I was scared. I'd pee my pants. So Steve Blast and I, very similar in that. Yeah, but you did it at nine, all right? That's why you weren't on a major league pace. That's, That's true. That's what was holding you back. And I didn't hit a double. I mean, I probably hit a double that year, but, like, yeah. I didn't hit a double and pee myself. It was, I don't know. <laughs> all right, anyway, continue. Yeah, but he, some stories. I mean, it's good to see that it's reassuring every once in a while. I mean, we know this with, you know, Brown and Blass and, like, they actually they have, are friends. Yes. It's reassuring whenever you see stuff like that. Like how Turk and JD, the actors, yeah, they're yeah, friends yeah, yeah. in real life or how I saw last night. Do you remember Bananas in Pajamas? Nope. All right, well, I grew up watching some Bananas in Pajamas, old TV show. To It's like seeing people from The Office interact uh, on Twitter. Yeah. Stuff like okay, that. Okay, but... Bananas in Pajamas part okay. right there. Just found out they were married in real life. They are married in real uh, life. I've so never even heard of that show. It's, there's like five people that are going to have their hearts warmed because of that fact right there. And it's nice to see All right. that in real life with like Brown and uh, Blast, you know, mm-hmm. that they actually are friends, that there is a genuine connection. It, it was very, it was very human to see. Yeah, and it's nice that like, I don't know. It's nice that he's just not retiring, and it's, yes. it's also nice that it's not, like, health issues, like, you know, like, I physically can't do this anymore. It's just, like, you know, I've done this a while, and I'm trying to, time to step back a little bit, and he'll still be around. We're still going to get our fair dose of Steve Blass, I'd imagine, for the next couple of years. He'll still be around. Yeah, it, it's not like Myron Cope, whenever Myron was told, hey, you lost a step, and he's like, all right, I quit. Yeah. I, I'm retiring right there. I don't want to... Yeah, so... But congrats to Steve Blass if he's yeah. listening. Um, that would be cool to get him on as a guest if it's ever possible. Boy, that's a that's, high in the sky guest right there. Yeah, that's uh, the Great White Whale. Uh, that would be that would be a good 2019 goal. Interview yeah. Steve Blass, even if it's like two minutes. I think we could do it. We're gonna be in the same building as him. Yeah. Times. So. Yeah, I think we should try. Let's do it. All right. Three cat stories. Steve Blass. That's our that's our list so far. All right. So moving forward, um, Steve Blass transitioning into an ambassador role. Uh, you can maybe call that front office. Other front office changes. You see that Bob Pompiani esque seg- segue right there. That wasn't too bad. That, was, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> that place. Uh, so let's talk about the front office hirings for the Pirates. Um, Eckstein, David Eckstein, joins yeah. his brother. Who is now the Pirates' hitting coach? Uh, so, but David Eckstein, 2006 World Series MVP. Was it 05? 05 was the White Sox. 06. The 06 was the Cardinals. Yeah. So, 2006 World Series MVP, MVP, shortstop, a guy who I can look in the eye and not feel intimidated because yeah. he's as tall as I am. I might be taller than him. Um, he joins in what sort of role? I think it's to the GM, the special assistant to the GM, or okay. it might be for the club. I'm gonna look that up right and now. And then Bannister, former. Pirates coach, former manager of the Texas Rangers. Did he win AL Manager of the Year yeah. at one point in time? Yes. Whenever they won, I think it was the 100. They didn't quite win 100, but they but finished they, with the best record in There baseball. was a stretch where, like, they, yeah, they were really, really good for a while. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of surprised they got rid of him so fast, too. I, I think mean, they're just cleaning house. Okay, like, they're, they're cleaning house, rebuilding. but was Bannister really the type of guy that you looked at and, like, no, I don't want him involved anything? Like... Give him a year with the kids. I didn't. I we obviously weren't in Texas. We didn't see yeah. everything that was going on. But from the outside looking in, it didn't look like you know it was that bad a job. No, I mean, I think they kind of just recognize where they're at as well, just in the division. Yeah, like they look around. It's like, well, Seattle's clearly rebuilding, but then the other three teams. It's Houston. They're not going away for the next decade. They've got at least five more good yeah, years. Yeah, uh, and the Angels. Are never going to be horrible. No, not until with Trout. Trout. Yeah, so they're just kind of you know. And don't forget the A's, who all of a sudden. Yeah, look, exactly. Yeah. The Oakland A's, who I mean, who knows what to expect for them on a year-to-year basis, but looks like they've got a couple more good years together. Uh, so they're rebuilding, and now it's Bannister gone. He comes back, and uh, you know, I'm not really a hundred percent sure. Like we can look up the role, and I'm sure they'll have like a very cookie-cutter title for these two guys. All in all, 
it's better to have these people around than it is to not have them around. Yeah. They're and good baseball minds. They know what they're doing. And who knows? Maybe you can trade them to the Marlins for Trevor Williams, too. Exactly. And my, my whole thing is we've seen other general managers in baseball have a number of assistants. Yeah. And I like that the Pirates are starting to, you know, you can criticize their lack of action, I guess, on building and expanding their roster, but they have done a lot for their coaching staff and from their front office this current offseason. I mean, they've, they've hired multiple hitting coaches. They're adding guys like former coaches of the year, former World Series MVPs, and uh, it's getting a little better. Yeah. It's not bad, especially Bannister. I wanted to bring this up earlier. Uh, I don't think Hurdle's signing another contract with the Pirates. I mean, he's still got, what, two more years? Three more years. Three more years, I think it is. I think that'll wrap up his managerial career. I think he'll be at a good place to retire at that point. After a nice yeah. know, three more years of going 82 and 80. <laughs> well, we'll touch that on. We'll yeah. touch on that later. But I think Bannister along with Prince, are now like the two guys that, even if the Pirates lose one, they are the clear front runners of, okay, they will take over. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad to have either of those guys laying no. around. And no. So, I guess we can transition that into, yes, they've been proactive about the front office. Is this their off-season approach? Just try to be smarter than everyone? Is that is that what they're doing? Because they're not really doing much else. You look around the division, my dog's now down here. We're yes. recording this in my house. And yes, she is. My dog's just on Alex's lap right now. Oh, she Mace. can get away with it. Anyway. This is Noah's problem. You gotta, he's got to get this bad behavior out of you, but hey, I've got to reward Macy, you. get down. Get down. Anyway, we're not cutting all that. No. At least she's not barking. She's being pretty no. quiet. So, moving on. They've made some front office moves. They've added the coaching staff, but and I guess they've been more active than they were last offseason, signing yeah, anybody. Yeah, anybody and making a couple trades. But is this is this it? Are they really not going to get a shortstop? Are they really not going to get another starting pitcher? I mean, maybe. I mean, it's Who is there to get? I mean, I guess the, uh, there the guys are, there are, are a couple the guys, guys in their wheelhouse are still available, right? Iglesias? Iglesias? Freddie Galvis? It's been a couple days since I looked looked this up. But as Drupal Cabrera and Jose Iglesias, mm-hmm. I checked MLBTR. There's not been a single post written about them this entire offseason. There has been no rumors about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gio Gonzalez, I don't think, has had any rumors surrounding him. I mean, those are good guys. If I was to tell you right now that the Pirates could have either as Drupal Cabrera, Jose Iglesias, or Gio Gonzalez. Why not two of the three? Well, if you can only pick one, it would be like a legitimate debate on which one you want. Yeah. Do you want Cabrera because he hits better and he can play second base too? Or do you want Iglesias just because he's probably the best shortstop out of the bunch? Or do you want to improve your rotation with Gonzalez? I'm not saying the Pirates are going to uh, sign any of those guys. But there, there is something still out there. They could still swoop in. Maybe they pull off another David Price. Not David Price. David Freeze type signing. Mm-hmm. Like they did in 2016, which is that what they're waiting to do? Are I we think just gonna get I some think guy? that's basically is Jordy it? Mercer just going to come back through the door in March. Oh wait, no, no he no, just jo- signed with Detroit. I yeah, totally Jordan's forgot been, about yeah. that. It's been a while. Yeah. So, but is Josh Harrison going to come through the door in March? No, but I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, say, Freddie Galvis walked through the door in March. I wouldn't March. be mad about that. I wouldn't be mad about that. But the the idea of them being okay with Kevin Newman. I, I cannot get excited for Kevin it's Newman. Not, it's mind-blowing. It's a guy who has not been able to walk in the minors, does not have any power, so he's basically going to be relying on his batted ball and play average. Which isn't good. Which, he's fast, so it could be good. Mm. It could be good, but you still have to hit the ball hard. And I don't even think his contact percentage has been that great. He just... Obviously, I shouldn't judge him based off of, what, five weeks in the major leagues last uh, year? He was a five or six weeks. Pro- I would go six to seven, but okay, still. Just a couple weeks in the majors. Yeah. I'm not going to write the kid off for that, but it was not a good first impression. And if the Pirates traded for Archer and they traded for Kella at the deadline, why would you 
moves that were very clearly we were going to compete in 2019. Why do you feel like you can go with Newman as your everyday shortstop? It's clear that, I mean, Huntington has put a lot of eggs into this basket of the players who have been called up over the last three years. And we've seen him do this in the past, where like twenty or like 2009 through 2012, you see guys like McCutcheon, Walker, Alvarez, Garrett Cole, Marte. They're all coming up. Cole was 2013. But, you know, everyone else. They're coming up at the same time, and then you're adding pieces around them. And I guess he did that with this Dickerson trade last year and the trades with... Kella and Archer. Dickerson's a good example also. That falls into the David Freeze. Yeah. You know, we were comfortable going with Luplo and Frazier going into the season. I guess in the same way that they feel comfortable going in with Newman and Gonzalez. But if they can upgrade in an effective way, they will. It just seems like right now, if you look at the team they have, you're relying on a lot of best-case scenarios. Yeah. And, like, other teams, it's like, you look at the Cubs, who haven't really done much this postseason, or this offseason. No. They're not looking at best-case. Best-case scenario, they win 110 games. Because they have the lineup to do that. You know, they have the... Best-case scenario, Rizzo and Bryant return to MVP-quality form. You have Javi Baez, who still just rakes. All of your pitching staff wakes up. You know, best-case scenario... You have seven to eight all-stars, maybe even more, on that team. The Pirates' best-case scenario, you're going to get Josh Bell to hit 26 home runs again, which, will he ever be able to do that? That's a good maybe. Question. He has the body for it, but... He has the body. He might have the right hitting coach, but, you know, it's... it's, it's, it's he did, this he, is his put-up-or-shut-up year Yes, for me. I agree. Best-case scenario, Gregory Polanco stays healthy. Best-case scenario, Adam Frazier puts it together for a whole year and can take on a legitimate starting role. Best case scenario, Kevin Newman can handle being a starter or even scratch that, an everyday big league player. Not even a starter, but plays regularly. Best case scenario, Colin Moran can handle playing. Best case scenario, Jung-ho Gung plays more than one game in two years. Besides Gregory Polanco. You just listed off the entire Pirates infield right there. Exactly. That's what the big thing is right there. Like, I don't think they need the best case scenario from the bullpen. The bullpen or the outfield or, or the catchers. Or, or the, the catchers, pitchers. Or even the starting pitching. Yes. Like, all of that, they don't have to play to their, you know, their ceilings. It just They just have to play to the expectations I have in my head, And basically. when you have a lineup that needs to play just to their simple expectations, like you had from 2013... I would even say 2012, really, to 2015, you get competitive baseball. Yeah. 2012, they really couldn't finish it, and they kind of underachieved, I guess, down the stretch. But, you know, those next three years where they make the playoffs, yeah, you had some guys overachieve, like Josh Harrison. But you also had some guys underperform, so that kind of levels out. But for the most part, you had an MVP-quality player who year in and year out put up MVP-quality stats. You had above-average players who put up above-average stats. And you also had your average players put up their average stats. And that's what you expected them to do, and you got that from them. And then once guys stopped meeting those expectations, a la Cutchin 2016, Pedro Alvarez, you know, after 2013, all these guys, they start to fade away, that's when you have problems, and that's going to happen anywhere. But when you're depending, when you're depending on scratch off tickets, to to they're not scratch off tickets, they're I not guess. Scratch off tickets, but because basically everyone in the that's returning besides shortstop, every position. It's a gamble still. Though. They were at least an average bat last year. But you can't have you can't have four average bats in an infield. You can have two. you can you can't have four average bats and bad defense in an infield. I would say you still need to have at least one legitimate bat in an infield. Unless you have an outfield of, like, like epic proportions, you can't just have four easy outs in your lineup. No, you can't have four easy outs. You have to be at least... You need hitters. I mean, yes. there's no other way around it. Yes. I mean, you need hitters. The don't... best lineups are... A lineup that has eight average hitters is better than a lineup that has Mike Trout and seven garbage guys. Yeah. Probably better than Mike, two Mike Trouts and six garbage guys, honestly. 
because you could work around the two Mike Trouts. Now three Mike Trouts. Three Mike Trouts is whenever it's different. Yes. <laughs> but for... <laughs> that's... I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, it's just a lot of I hope so's right now. Yeah. I hope Adam Frazier... And it's just in the infield. I feel the most confidence towards Adam Frazier. The only thing I really am worried about is going back to like 2017, whenever he was starting every day in the outfield, mm-hmm. and he eventually wore down at the All-Star by the time the All-Star break yeah. came around. Now, obviously, that was a very different hitting Adam Frazier than the 2019 like, one. He was like, what, a half year of Major League experience prior to that? Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. He was younger. Mm-hmm. He was a different type of hitter. I think the more power will you know, make him less... A well, susceptible yeah, to these really cold stretches. Yeah, you're gonna. Well, that and you're gonna have to be a little bit more well-rounded to get him out. Yeah, with this power now. Yeah, he is the only. He's the guy in the infield that I look at and say, I feel good about him. So let's rank it then. Give me your rankings. We'll say Gung, Moran, Newman, Frazier, and Josh Bell. One oh. through five. Who are you most confident in to least? I am most confident in Adam Frazier. I'll agree with that. Second. There's big there's big drop off. There is a huge drop and off. And Frazier really it, I mean, he hasn't given us much to think about, but like Frazier, I think worst case scenario hits two seventy five. Yeah. With ten home runs and you know, maybe even a little bit more. I I think the worst case scenario with Frazier is he still is a better player than Harrison was last year. Yes. I can completely agree with that. So who's your second most confident player in the NFL? Uh, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to put two, three, honestly. And it's Bell and Gung. Gung, who's played, what, like three games in the majors? Two. He's had one start and one pinch hit at bat. Okay. So two, three. How many, how many games? Since he the played... Trump administration, he has played two yes. games. Yes. <laughs> well, okay. Uh... Yeah, it's not great, but I kind I like the timing that he had right there. And it, what? He, he let me looked, stop you. It's... Let me stop you for a second. What does that say about the infield where you're putting yes, a guy who has played twice yes. in the last two years as second most confident out of everyone? I not good. Not someone who watches every game is in the clubhouse. I, makes a living doing this, and I, a guy that you've watched play, not in person, since 2016, Yeah, you're most confident in him. Basically, I mean, I just, I remember the player that he was, and the type of player that he was, and in that very brief glimmer, I saw that guy. I saw the same timing, I saw the same swing. I don't know. I don't know, but that's my hot take for this entire offseason. I feel the second most confident with Jung Ho Gung. Then Bell, because Bell is my boomer bus guy, put up or shut up, needs the hitting coach, learn how to use your damn legs whenever <laughs> you're swinging the bat. Uh, and then Moran. Moran, I think what we saw last year is what we're going to get. An average bat, poor fielding, one war type of player. Moran's a placeholder. Yeah, he's a placeholder for Hayes mm-hmm. at this point. And then I'm going to even go another wild card. I'll say Gonzalez over Newman. Whoa. Because really? Gonzalez, I at least feel confident about his D. Yeah. Um, I'll say I'll, – I'll, I'll kind of piggyback off of what you said. Um, I'll say I'll probably put Bell second just because in good faith, like, Jung Ho. Bell probably should be second for me too. Yeah. But, but I, you just I, don't like Josh Bell. <laughs> You just don't like him. I th- I'm i optimistic about a new hitting coach. Because I think yeah. that he you see the potential. And like when he gets a hold of a ball, and it's incredible. Like He has power. He is strong. He can do it. But it's just making that happen. At times he looks like a football player trying to play baseball. Yes. He looks like a tight end. Yeah. So my whole thing is if a hitting coach can get him worked out, even if he's not hitting home runs, I think that Josh Bell on a bad year can have an OPS close to 800, which, you know, isn't exactly what you want. You want more home I runs take from him. But, no uh, yeah. 
If I had, if you'd be second best on the team. If I had, yeah. If I, if you had a button right in front of me, and you don't even tell me how the 800 OPS comes together. It's like, yeah. Just it's like it. Josh Bell has an 800 OPS. Yep, I'm pressing that button. He had like four games, and that was. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no. no, but that would pro- I'd probably put Bell at two. I'll probably put Moran and Gung tied at three. Just because I don't have much faith in Moran, and I'm optimistic about Jung Ho, but uh, at the same time, Jung Ho, he might not be able to handle it. Like just no. going into the majors, and Moran is one of those guys you know what you're getting from him. Josh Bell, yeah. you can't really predict it. Frazier, you can't really predict it. They have higher ceilings, but Moran, it's like he's gonna probably hit 260 with 10 to 15 home runs and drive in. 55 to 70 runs every year. 70 being like a career high. Probably. Yeah, and and that's... He, he's he vanilla really ice reminds, cream, man. Yeah, he's about he, as exciting as his personality. He, he He's a Chris Steins type of player, if that name brings him back. He's Jordy Mercer, without the defense. Yeah. And a little bit more power. A little bit more power. That's kind of disappointing. Remember, you know, this time last year, we that were was, hearing about how... I write about was, that. He was, you know, biting it. Or buying into the launch angle craze. I, I he had wrote, a great fly ball percentage. In my article, second plug majors. here for the Pirates Guide, uh, one of my articles is I analyzed the Cole and McCutcheon trades a year later. And I kind of talked about how we assume that Moran, Moran and Musgrove were getting two first-round picks. Like, they were both first-round yeah. picks. And did we think Musgrove was going to be Garrett Cole? No. But we're like, he could be a good above-average pitcher, which, by the numbers, he was. And then, for Moran, it was, we've needed a third baseman for a while. We, This guy's a former first-round pick. He was never going to start in the infield in Houston with no. the way they the have... The Bregman broke out. Yeah, with Bregman and, and Correa. Like, there's no spot for him in Houston. So maybe this is going to give him a chance to, like, really be optimistic and work hard. And, and then I wrote, at the very worst... He will be better than David Freeze in 2017. And his numbers on a surface level, like he had more home runs, he had more runs batted in. Like the generic stats, the, yeah. the cookie cutter stats, they're they're better. But then when you get into like the real analytics, like his batting average and balls in play and his weighted runs created and all that stuff, his war, his fielding. His defense especially. His, oh, there's like it's like twelve percent different. He's like negative five and Freeze is like seven or something. Like it's it's like atrociously bad so in the difference so in reality we still have 2017 david freeze playing third base and that was a big problem david freeze left on a very good note yeah this past year because he was able to revive his swing and everything but i remember going into the offseason in 2018 thinking like i cannot stand the thought of david freeze being my everyday third baseman again and that's what we got that's what we got until we have Cabrian Hayes. So between those two, I hope hopefully one can be a decent bat. And then at the very bottom, like you said, I'm people just assume that this is going to be Newman's spot, and I think it probably will be because he was the first round pick. Yeah. That's why he got called up before the rest of them. But you can't do much to separate Kevin Newman from Kevin Kramer, from Pablo Reyes, from Eric Gonzalez, and his nice no. D, and. <laughs> I'm going to cut that part. No, like not cut it like out of the podcast. This is all staying in there, but (laughs) I'm going to just cut the part where you said that. That was so funny. (sighs) Good to be back, Alex. Uh, New year, new me. (laughs) Oh, I got to make a note. All right, so. Oh, that's valid. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's where my confidence is, and. If you get a shortstop with a stable bat, I've said it from the beginning. I was saying it last year. As Drupal Cabrera, you know, as much as Iglesias would be nice, it would be an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and they do need better defense. I think that, like, just a bat, a veteran who you can, again, you can play at second base, and then you can put Frazier in right field or in left field. You can move, you can move guys around. Teams that have expendable lineups versatile lineups, they're doing well. Look at the Dodgers, look at the Cubs, look yep. at the Brewers. You can move people around, you can get creative. 
That's that's what's working in baseball right now. And that's something the Pirates have been trying to do in yeah. the minor leagues. That's why Newman learned second base, learned in air quotes, but, you know, they taught and him Kramer down there. Can play, Kramer can play, and Pablo Reyes, play, yes. and all those guys. Yes. Frazier, and, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of their infielders. That's why I probably, I think, did you in at this or not? Cole Tucker. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see yes. him start playing outfield. I, I, I'm training. the one advocating to put Cole Tucker in yeah. center field because he's fast as all get out and he's got a great arm. And you got a million shortstops. And Ernie Cruz is just going to be better. I'll, I'll say it. <laughs> he might. He's six foot four. He should be. Anyway, that'll conclude our infield ranting. Let's talk about uh, the recent move. I don't know if we were recording after the Reds trade. Did we talk about that? I don't think I we don't did. I don't think we did, no. So... I'm not really intimidated by this. No, I mean... They're going to hit a lot of home runs in Great American Ballpark. Their pitching still stinks. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're still a last-place team in the National League Central. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't shake at the fear of the Cincinnati Reds. They're still significantly worse than the Pirates, who finished one place ahead of them. No, I, I don't feel like the 2019 Reds are going to be that I good. I think Cincinnati's going to be where Matt Kemp's career goes to die. I don't see him thriving there. San Diego's there. where his career went to die. Well, I mean, he had that revival this past year. He was an all-star, yeah, okay. but then he lost his starting job in the playoffs. He would not have been an all-star if he wouldn't have played in L.A. If he would have played in a small market team, there would have been no way. You're right. He would have just been a good quick story on fan graphs or beyond the box scores. Like, hey, Matt Kemp had a pretty good season, I th- and that's the end of it. Yeah, I think Matt Kemp's done. He's just a name. Puig's intriguing. I could see Puig yeah. getting flipped at the deadline this that's, year. That's my point with this whole roster between Wood and Roark and Puig and yeah. Wood and Kemp, or Kemp and uh, Jeanette. You're like, talking a lot about Wood and D, man. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the high road here. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are like they've got like five or six guys who are gonna I be great trade deadline. About the high road too, you know. Anyway. They're going to be very aggressive at the trade deadline. I'm just ignoring you at this point. All right. Um, so, yeah, they make the move. I think maybe this is just to shut up Joey Votto. <laughs> it's like, here, Joey, remember your friends from the 2012 All-Star team? Here you go. <laughs> Hang out with them. Uh, are, are we make-a-wishing Joey Votto I think so. Already? I think I feel so. bad for the dude, man. Uh, I don't. He's Canadian. But, Future Hall of Famer. Oh, for sure. I remember... Summer League Baseball, a guy who's now, like, my best friend, he, we were getting, like, our jersey numbers or whatever, and uh, he took number five, and, like, I looked at him, and I was like, it was, like, our first practice, but I'm like, I'm like, I already knew, I'm like, you're, I'm gonna play more than you, like, can I please have that number? I didn't say that, but, like, I really wanted it, he was like, you gotta pay me a hundred bucks, so I just took whatever number they gave me, and I got 19, and literally the only baseball player I could think of, number 19, Joey Votto. It was 19. Is it Moran on the Pirates? 19? Maybe. While Alex looks that up, I'll introduce our next thing we're going to talk about when it comes to NL Central uh, big moves. Like we said, Cubs haven't made much um, happen. The Pirates have been, eh. The Brewers going out and signing Yasmani Grandal. So let us all pour one out for good old... Eric Kratz, the Eric Kratz era in Milwaukee has come to an end. Yeah, it is Moran, by the I way, told for you. 19. Good yep. for you. Dang right, buddy. He, you know, that, that ever so popular. Did you see? He tweeted the other day. Yes. He tweeted for the first time in he, two years. He tweeted to Jake, of all people, who's in Pirate Sky 2019. <laughs> Wait, was Jake the one who got a call on Moran jersey? Was that him? Was it? There, the tweet I'm talking about was he retweeted someone. Someone bought a Colin Moran jersey, and they took their picture by the Bill Mazeroski statue and was like, can't wait to watch the Pirates next year in my new favorite jersey. And I'm just like, whoa. Like, this has got to be trolling. Like, who's, who got a Colin Moran jersey? And Colin Moran retweeted it. He was like, awesome, man, or something like that. No. <laughs> Yeah, keep going. Oh, he's been a little active. Yeah, he did tweet at Jake. That's that was the first time I saw it. Look well, at him. Look at he's catching. He's he's, he's really catching up. Catching up. He's I think we got Corey a new pirate. Dick. He's retweeting Corey Dickerson from November. Whenever he had his gold glove, he's, he's, he did this like five days he's ago. Catching up. 
Oh, this is what's keep going. Oh man, this was a while ago. Look, he's taking pictures with his this, dog. This is the one with Jake, the one with the dog. Not bad. Nope, that's not the one I'm talking about. This is great audio here. Yeah, there it is. There it is. There I'm not gonna say his name, but I mean, I'll say his name. It's uh, it's Will Allison. At WJ Allison 22. Give him a follow. Hopefully he listens. And Colin Moran, that was the first tweet. Like, the difference in time between the tweets there. Like, the tweet before that, it's like, like, February 18th. <laughs> and then, then then he goes on a tweet storm. But it was like this kid standing there. October, October before that. Yeah, and, oh, man, it just was so long. And I was like, that's, that's, that's the one that got you back on the internet, Colin. Huh. Interesting. But shout out to Jake Allison twenty two. Um, congrats if you get any followers, and uh, you know, congrats on your sweet new Colin Moran jersey. But what what were we even talking about? Oh, Yasmoni Grandal to the Brewers. <laughs> Alex thoughts. Well, for one, we're probably gonna have a work stoppage whenever this uh, labor agreement with the MOBPA and MOB. When is that? Up. When's that? Happen? That's twenty twenty two. All right. 2021, it expires. That's so 2022. That's future There's, Noah and it, Alex problems. That is a future Noah and Alex problem, but it really does. I mean, no one can get a deal longer than a year. Why is Manny Machado not setting a record for the biggest contract ever? Why is Bryce Harper not? not I mean, neither of them, or not, not even the largest free agent contract ever. Yeah, they're not going to break what Alex Rodriguez did. In 2001, which you could argue, okay, 01 Rodriguez is better than 2019 Machado. But guess what? There's also 18 years of what's supposed to be wage growth, you know, helping yeah. him out along the way. I mean, I think there's, like, it's clear that baseball has always had, like, no. an economic structure problem with, yeah. like, the salary. Has- not having a salary cap and and... Since, you know, free agency started and then every team got a TV deal and that's when, like, media market really came to matter in the sport. And it's just, it's hard for teams to compete. We're not going to stand on our soapbox and give you that whole spiel. I'm sure everyone listening has heard it a million times. But now you're seeing it affect the free agent market where there's teams with the money who are refusing to pay. Yeah, they don't want to go over the luxury tax. Yeah, and then you got teams who just don't have the money. Or are not willing to spend it. Like, yeah. I mean, the Pirates technically could but pay in, that. But, but in that regard, fast, uh, this is something that Craig Edwards wrote for Fangraphs not that long ago about how the new revenue deal, uh, revenue sharing, really affects small market teams like the Pirates, like the A's. And he basically writes, like, they're taking home a projected about $10 million less this year. Now, let's just say that $10 million, all of it would go to payroll, which... None could, of it would. Yes, it would. At least a fair portion of it It'd would go, go to It'd go to that pay- damn ski resort. No, it, a fair portion of it would go to payroll because that's absolutely free money. All right? That's free All money. Right. Uh, is that what's keeping the Pirates from signing, like, a, a Gio Gonzalez? Like, if it is $10 million, let's just say they had a choice between Gio Gonzalez for 12 or Jordan Lars for 2 to be your fifth starter, which it looks like Jordan Lyles is going to be the fifth starter going into spring training. That's another podcast. That's a yeah. that might be a dead cat story podcast. That might be, <laughs> but I mean, everyone would say take Geo for twelve, but if you don't have that ten million dollars to spend, it's just it's just a mess. I mean, it's it's like the last two off seasons have been so freaking mm-hmm. boring. And going back to Grindel. Russell Martin signs for five eighty five, and Grindal barely gets a higher AAV than that for a one year deal, even though he's younger and better. They were basically the same catcher last year. Not last year, but at the time that they signed the contract, Russell Martin in oh. twenty fourteen was oh, about oh, as good oh, as twenty eighteen. Oh, uh, yes, Monty Grindal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it's just puzzling. I mean, I I don't know. I it. it Leave it to the MLB to even make the offseason a pain in the ass. That's all I got to say. Did you see that the official Major League Baseball Instagram was a big rumor? Manny Machado offered eight years, $250 million, which, A, he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Everyone's basically said no one's given him that eighth year. And, B, way to shame the player 
into not signing the contract. Yeah, like it's like if you had an offer on the table for eight two fifty, why didn't you take it? Yeah, like because it's your fault. You yeah, it's like they, they shouldn't be reporting rumors. Uh, there's just so much wrong with the league right now. I think they need they need a lockout. Uh, Tony to... Clark has not been a good head to the union. Nope, no, not at all. And I, you know what? Probably their only chance is is to have a work stoppage. Mm-hmm. Maybe, hopefully, not miss any games, but really threaten it. Yeah. Because if they don't, and they just let Tony Clark negotiate again, things will just get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. But don't worry, they'll get three extra day- off days during the regular season, mm-hmm. during the next labor agreement. At which point, we'll be playing games on March first. Yeah. <sighs> I wouldn't complain right now. I miss baseball. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It is. It's frustrating as this off season's been just to cover. Yeah. I mean, thinking of stuff. I mean, we're talking about David Eckstein is like our yeah. first subject. Uh. You know, and oh my god, like a catcher sends a one year deal, and like that's the biggest, that's it. Work stoppage. <laughs> that's like the biggest signing that's happened in twenty nineteen. Machado and Harper are going to be the ones that determine I mean, if this is a work stoppage or not. Yeah. If they get their big, big money and they feel satisfied with it, then they, then they might be going on through because, you know, oh, the top players are still getting paid. It's just, you know, the next tier that are getting screwed over. So you talked about uh, Martin going to the Dodgers. Uh, I guess we can hit on this real quick. Thoughts on uh, the Cervelli rumors? Being they're being dead. over with. Yep. Well, I mean, they're not dead because the Dodgers still had two. Even with Martin, those are two garbage hitting catchers, mm-hmm. good framers, garbage hitters. So they're probably still in on Riomuto. I thought the deal died whenever they traded Alex Wood, because the rumor that was going around was uh, Cervelli for Ross Stripling, mm-hmm. and the Dodgers, at least the way I was reading the tea leaves, were just trying to get rid of. Uh, a swingman pitcher. They had too many pitchers, starting pitchers in their rotation. They didn't want to put two or three guys in the bullpen. Got to give one up. Mm-hmm. And that's what Ross Stripling was. And that's what Alex Wood was. And that's why Alex Wood is in Cincinnati. So if that offer is still on the table, take it. For the love of God, take that deal. Cherish it. Cherish it. Hold him. Hold him deeply. All right. So let's talk about another guy that got away. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki to the Yankees. Yeah. To be... Third string, essentially. If they sign Machado, he would be. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't think Machado's going to the Yankees. I don't think he's going to the uh, Yankees either. I think, yeah, I guess Tulo's going to be a placeholder. For Didi. For Didi, who's going to come back in mm-hmm. sub- August? July? I don't know when. Something like that. I mean, you got Tommy John, so he's going to be a while. It's not going to be as long as Tommy John yeah, as pitchers because yeah, he but doesn't still. have to come off a But yeah, it's still going to be significant. A long injury, yeah. So Tulo uh, to the Yankees. This is a signing where I think if the Pirates make it, it doesn't go well. But I think Tulo's probably going to hit twenty home runs this year for the Yankees, just because it's in a crap ballpark and Yinzers are going to lose their mind. Yeah, it's Jung Ho again. I mean, he's basically not played in two years, year and a half. Yeah, but Tulo is a lot was better he? than Jung Ho, or at least he was. Was he? In, I mean, in his prime. In his prime. Yes. Absolutely, Tulo was better. But say. Whenever Gung came into the league, 2015. 2015. Tulo was better. You still think Tulo was better than Gung? He was the one of the key pieces to the team that made it to the ALCS. I think 2015 Gung, Gung couldn't even and 2016 s- Gung was better than 2015-2016 uh, Tulo. No, I disagree completely. I think Tulo was one of the best shortstops in baseball in 2015. I know. I think at that point he was one of the best shortstops in baseball. And he still had the reputation, but he wasn't actually one of the best shortstops in baseball anymore. Agree to disagree. Guys, we can close this out. Uh, Alex, thoughts on the bullpen additions. Tyler Lyons, Aaron Sledgers. Um, okay, I guess I'll give my thoughts first. Lyons, cool to have a lefty. Um, low risk, high reward. We've seen it a million times. Seagrass 2.0. And uh, Sledgers. Hopefully turns out better. Sledgers is 6'10". So that's kind of cool. <laughs> he is big. That's uh, those are my takeaways. That Sledgers is like I think I see Sledgers being this year's Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes will be this last year's Nick Kingham. You know, like Clay Holmes will be the first guy up from AAA when we need to start. Start Sledgers will be the second guy. I have a conspiracy theory that if Lions makes the team, okay, out of spring training, which. Obviously, put a big if on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brock goes to AAA and he becomes Whoa. king because he has one option year left. 
Whoa. That's... That would be... I mean, the way the Pirates have used Brault, like, this offseason, like, marketing him, like, he's, like, yeah. a notable player. It's because he's such a... He's so... He's so lovable. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's and my he's, favorite interview. But, like, the, to yeah. have him start off the year in AAA after they just toted him around all offseason, that would be wild. It breaks my heart. I mean, I I want... Him to succeed. Steven Brault to be, you know, an all-star level pitcher so I can have an excuse to talk to him, you know, basically... Every Anytime. time he starts. Yes, he's awesome. He's he's my probably my favorite interview. Nick Kingham's a fun interview too, but Brault, yeah. Musgrove, that whole pitching staff's pretty cool. Yeah. Um So then I guess we'll end on the fact that Dickerson and Keller are coming back and Dickerson took less money. Anything to add? Uh does taking less money maybe indicate that it's a better position for an extension? I think 2019 is also a prove-it year for him. Like, you talked yeah, about, like, it, it, Bell. It's a, it's a walk year for him, yeah. Yeah, Bell, Bell would... is, like, save your career. Mm-hmm. But, like, Dickerson's, like, you can get Pirates paid. I won't say paid paid, but, like, you can you can get a you can get. I'd up. like to tear that contract up and make it a 330. There we go. So we'll, we'll wrap it up by something, I'm sure. Uh, what's, what's this new guy's name for the Post-Gazette? Oh... I'm not brave enough. I talked to him today. Oh, I forgot. Is he nice? I've never met he, him. He's a nice dude. Yeah, we'll he's have to nice have him. Dude. We and probably not... will have him on. Yes. And I'm not brave enough to pronounce his name. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I I, don't have his name in front of me. But he came from Atlanta. Yes. And he's the new beat writer for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He'll be covering the team. I can't wait to meet him. Uh, and his first assignment was a sit-down, one-on-one interview with Neil Huntington, where Huntington gave him... The line, the Pirates are a top nine team in baseball over the last seven years. So, Alex, I want to go through every team in baseball, and and I want you to tell me if they've been better than the Pirates. Oh, I like this. All right. All right? Hit me. Let's start with our division. The Cubs, in better. the past 19, nine years, they've won a World Series. Seven years. Seven years, sorry. Seven years. Are they top... Are they better than the Pirates? Yes, they've gone to the playoffs more times and they've won a championship. Are the are the Brewers better than the Pirates? No. Over the last seven years? Are we doing six or seven years? We'll do seven. We'll, we'll say 2011 to 2018. Is so we're going to eight years, the Clint Hurdle era. Clint Hurdle era. We'll do that. Uh, They're better. They've made it to an NLCS. They made it to two if it's 2011, but the other years they just weren't that good. I'm, I'm, that's a push. They are they are comparable. They're comparable to one another. We're better than the Reds. Yes. Cardinals definitely not. Cardinals are better. So, so right now we're tied for third place in our division. Yes. In the in the Clint Hurdle era standings, let's go to the NL East. The Mets. Uh. I'd say the Pirates are better, honestly. I know the Mets... Mets had won two two years in the playoffs. Two years in the playoffs. One World Series appearance. Yeah, but besides that, no. They haven't been good any other year. All right, so we'll put the, um, them ahead of the Mets, which is yeah. still, I mean... The 2015 Pirates are better than that 2015 I agree. I, I can agree with that. And the Mets kind of won... The Met, The Nationals lost that division. The Mets didn't really win it, in my opinion. Yeah. Nationals. Nationals better. Would, better, yeah. Not that much better, but better. Uh, they've won like four division titles. And how many division? Doesn't title? matter. Pirates haven't won any. So that's my that's Marlins. My exact point right there. They've basically gone to the playoffs the same amount. Of Marlins. Times. Marlins. Oh my god. The no. Pirates are better. Phillies. Pirates are better. Yes, I agree. Which is wild Braves. because at the turn of the decade, the Phillies were the team. The team. Yeah. Uh, Braves. Pirates are better. Okay. We'll go to the the West. Dodgers. Dodgers are better. Giants. Giants are Two better. World Series titles. Yeah. I, you know what the funny part of that is? From like 2015 to 2018, the Pirates are the better team out of that. Yeah, yeah. And in 2013, and they're better than the 20... I mean, it, yeah. it basically, more years the Pirates have been better than the Giants. But the Giants have, have accomplished had, more yes. in that period of time. Um, Padres, Diamondbacks, Pirates are better. Yes. Rockies... Pirates are better, but not by a ton. Well, should we break down push or no? No, I, Pirates are better. Okay. AL, Yankees. Yankees are better. As are the Red Sox. 
As are the Blue Jays. Are they? Blue Jays had two good years. Is that it? Yeah. I think that's I think that's a push, okay. maybe slight edge to the Pirates right there. We'll write that as a push. Orioles. Pirates are better. Really? Orioles only made the playoffs twice. Three times. Okay. Three times. They won a Three division t- and they went to the LCS ones. I give that to the Orioles. That's a push because here's the thing. The Orioles just lost 100 and how many games this last year? I... The ceiling of the Orioles is a little bit better. The floor of the Orioles is much, much lower. That's a push. They accomplished more. That's a push. They accomplished more. They got more first round number one overall draft picks. All right. And uh, last in that division, the Rays. Better. Rays are better. Are they? Rays are a push. Rays are a push. I wouldn't be surprised if the 2019... This is going to end up being best case scenario. Indians are better. Indians are better. White Sox, no. Twins, no. no. Royals, no. Oh, wait. Royals, yes. They won a World Series. I don't care what you say, Alex. Yeah. When you win a World Series, you're better than the Pirates. Yeah, I know. I can't really refute that. But and Tigers. Tigers went to a World Series. They went to... They were really good in the beginning of the Clint Hurdle era. But they've really dropped off since. I. The Push. Tigers have only beaten two teams in the division, in the playoffs. In, like, over this millennium. They've only beaten the yes Athletics. Yes or no? Are the... they better or no? I say yes. They went to a World Series. No. All right. I'm, I'll leave it off. Um, Angels. Pirates are better. Mariners. Pirates are better. A's. More division A's, titles. A's, A's are better. Yep. Astros. A no-brainer. Rangers. Pirates I, are better. I don't think so. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Rangers, 2011, 2011, they won won the pennant. 2012, they... Didn't make the playoffs. No, wait, they went back to... It was 2010 2010, 2011. 2011. That was still... Those teams... No, Rangers better. They've won more divisions. They've they've gone further in the playoffs. They beat Jose Batista after he flipped his bat. But here's the thing about Jose Batista. What had the Pirates accomplished? What have they accomplished? They've been three wild card That games. is a loaded question because the only answer to that is they won 98 games and no one wants to hear about how the Pirates won 98 games no, in 2015 they won anymore. I don't want to talk games. about exactly. how many Exactly. They yeah, haven't accomplished talk. all these teams. Cubs, no. World Series, Brewers, NLCS, Cardinals, Pennants, and a World Series in 2011. Nationals, they went to an NLCS once, didn't they? No. Okay, well, they won <laughs> division titles, like four of them. Dodgers, this is a- Pennants, Giants World Series, Yankees, ALCS, I, I'm willing Red to, Sox I'm World Series, admit- Blue Jays ALCS, Orioles ALCS, Rays something, I don't know, maybe that's a push, they took glass down from us, Indians, ALC, or Pennant, Royals World Series, A's Division Titles, Astros World Series, Rangers Pennant, Pirates have done none of those, they haven't won a division title, this is Pirates. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 16 teams that are greater to or equal than the Pirates, yet their GM has the audacity to say that they're okay, top first all, nine, First Get of all, first here. of all, the quote in the context was, the Giants were interested in Huntington, that's why Huntington brought up the top nine, he said that he had unfinished business, he felt good about where the Pirates were over the last couple years, mm-hmm. he wasn't bragging, he's like, hey, did I tell you that the Pirates are one of the top nine teams over the last six years, that's not what When you throw that stat out, you're saying that I've that's, had success That's here. just bad PR in his stuff, he, he, what Neil a Huntington quotes are Awful. like a kid throwing rocks, and most of the time, Nothing. Nothing happens. Every once in a while, he hits a hornet's nest. <laughs> it's... This was bad. I mean, this was just stupid. When, it was a... when you're just not. Ah, this is just dumb. And the thing is, even at best case scenario, he is right. Well, and that's where he's thinking. That's that best case scenario mindset where, well, you know, we like all these pushes. They go I to think... the pirates. There, they're okay. Thirteenth, maybe. But my whole thing. Alex, I think is, some of the teams right there. You overstate postseason success. If I knew nothing about the postseason and I had to choose between what Kansas City has done since 2011 and what the Pirates have done since 2011, I'd go to Kauffman Stadium and look at the freaking banner that says World Series. Pretend Champions. there's no banner. Then why do you play the game? You know what? Let's just play a what if. What happens if they lose Game Four of the 2015 ALCS? 
whenever they were down like four runs in the eighth inning, if they don't have that wild comeback and they don't hoist that championship, then we look at this team and they're like, okay, they've yeah, had well, two Barry warnings. Barry Bonds throws out Sid Breen. I mean, yeah, we could play that what-if game. The reality is, dude, like the Pirates haven't won a division. Any team that's won a they division won a in the division. last seven years is better than the Pirates. They would have won the division in so Didn't many Didn't the Reds win the division in 2011? 2011 or 2000. Well, they're on my list now. They're they're on my list. No, the Pirates yep. have been better. I'm going full skip Bayless. I'm going sicko mode. The Pittsburgh I'm going Pirates nuts. have been better than the Cincinnati nope. Reds, who have finished in last nope. place the last five they years. They won a division. Really? How can you even remotely hint because, at having success? Because the 2013 and the 2015 Pirates were good enough to win a division. They did. Basically, any other division. How is that their fault? The Steelers fault? were good. Their fault. They lost the game. It's 100% they, their fault. They, they didn't beat the Cardinals for a division they beat, crown. They beat the Cardinals in 2013. They won more games than they lost against them. Not in the playoff series. Fat Adams. He went to Slippery Rock, by the way. Oh, that guy hit a home run and forgot. we freaking got eliminated. We haven't been back if there the since. the Pirates had won the division in 2013... Listen. I, okay, you gotta let me finish here first. All right, I'm gonna let you finish. All right, 2013 Pirates had a better win-loss record against the Cardinals. They won more than they lost. It was just wild circumstance that they happened to play the wild card game, and the Cardinals won the division. If those fortunes had swapped, and the Pirates were the division winners, and the Cardinals—I'm even taking away the penalty from the Cardinals having to you know, burned Adam Wainwright in game one of that series mm. in the wildcard game. Parts have three home games instead of two. Do they beat the Cardinals? Because Dude. they would definitely beat the Dodgers and win the pennant. The Pirates, one game. You were basing this all off of if the Pirates had won just one singular game in 2013, game five, no. gone to the NLCS, they I'm probably would have won a pennant games. that year. There, there was... In 2013 and in 2015, there was a series in St. Louis where they could have taken, could have beat the Giant down and killed him, and they would have won that division. And both times, they 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 pissed down their leg, and that's what happened. They and then the that's why that's why they had to play in the one game wild card, and the first time they won, and then that's why they had to play Game Five at Bush Stadium, and that's why you lose. Because they did that. So it's not just one game. It's because it's, they it's screw up games. That's a baseball game. What about the four out of five that they took in 2013 at home? Whenever they just put the beat down on them in that series. All right, you want to talk about one game? Beat Michael Walker. Get more than beat one Michael. hit off of him and that. that Like, no, the Cardinals were better that year because they won the freaking National League. They won the National League. They had more, be- they had more the, overall I wins. The they won the division. They did everything they possibly could have done aside from winning a World Series that year. The Pirates... The 2013 Listen, Pirates and the 2015 Pirates are better than the 2013 and the 2015 Cardinals as a team. Cardinals Who has more flags more- hanging in their stadium from those years? I don't see any flags hanging in our stadium to say 2013 and 2015. The Cardinals do. They got division pennants from those years. They got a pennant, a National League pennant. We don't have any of that. So that's, I know, I know what you're saying. They were more talented, Alex. I get that. But the Steelers are more talented than half the teams in the NFL. But guess what? We got AB trying to go to, taking his hippo head off. And we got Juju dancing on Instagram with clown masks. And we got Con Dunlap referring to Bud Dupree on Twitter as Alvin. I mean, it's, it's a mess. And so talent doesn't necessarily equate to success is what I'm trying to get at. And yes, the Pirates were more successful, more talented, I should say. Say. Their their stars were better than the Cardinals stars, but the Cardinals with Mike Matheny as a freaking manager, with Mike Matheny as their nice freaking manager, that was a nice handicap. Were able to accomplish more. Were able to accomplish more than the Pirates. That's that's the end of it. That's the end of it. That's the end of it. And that's 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 where Huntington just has no sense of reality. And I get it. It's I feel not like a sense of reality. I feel like. I feel like, I, I guess he sees that stat, and there's so much negativity, he needs something to pick himself up, and that is, it is noteworthy, but I'm tired of looking at Huntington and Hurdle as the guys who saved baseball in Pittsburgh. They did. I get that. But we're past being saved. I, I, no it, we're, we're normal now. We're normal, and we're, we're not trying to get better. And that's what, we keep putting that focus. 
2013 to 2015, more was accomplished morally and for, like, it was a pep rally. In all reality, we can look back at that. That was a pep rally. Nothing else was really accomplished. You look back in the record books, the history books, all that they had to show for it is an MVP, a couple gold gloves, and, and one guy who dropped a baseball because the crowd was loud. That's all you have. I, I disagree with that. Alex is about to storm out of my house. Yes. <laughs> Where's your dog? I need some therapy. <laughs> we ended this one hot. Yes, we did. Woof. I'm going to get some mean tweets. Speaking of tweets, you can follow us on Twitter, <laughs> at Riverblast Radio, at Alex J. Stump, at Noah underscore Hiles 95. Uh, Alex, it was heated, but I'll see all you in good two fun. months again. Uh, yeah, I'll see you in two months. Any final thoughts? Uh, buy Pirates Guide 2019. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Yes. Alex has some very good analytical stuff. I think I tell some decent stories, and I have a really exciting interview with someone that if you do not like listening to this person talk baseball, you just don't like baseball. I'll just leave it at that for a tease. We probably will do a little bit more teasing for the book next week. Until then, we sign off saying, as always, let's go Bucks.